0: It's good to be here. Thank you everyone for making it out on this wintry evening. Um, wasn't that a rich time of worship. Um, really fun. I was just thinking, I don't know where Boller and the band are. They disappeared. They're over, Mark's over there. Maybe they've gone for a drink or something. Um, but yeah, one of my uh, delights uh, since we've started this evening service is just seeing uh, the bands develop and uh, grow, and uh, I must admit, I really look forward every time to you guys leading. has uh, done a fantastic job putting that band together, but uh, just thank you every time for how you lead us into God's presence. It's uh, very rich. Um, I just wanted to start, actually, just by reading where I left off. Um, we were having difficulties with this this microphone at the front. You may have seen us. Um, and apparently I hit the sensitivity button. Whatever the sensitivity button is. I, I, Sasha said, you, you hit the sensitivity button. I thought she meant because I was talking about love. But uh, no, apparently on the on the microphone. Um, but I just wanted to go back to Jesus' prayer where he just says, um, talks about love. And uh, this is his prayer just before he's about to be arrested and then killed. Um, so you, you kind of... You pay attention to what people say uh, when they're just about to, to die. Um, you know, people's dying words, what, what are the final things that they say? And he prayed this, I pray also that those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, just as we are one. He says, I've given them the glory you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them. Even as you have loved me. He said, I've made you known to them. Why has he done that? In order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. So that's what we were encountering and experiencing uh, as we were worshipping that love that's alive. Um, how much do you think the Father loved Jesus, loves Jesus? How much love do you think exists between the two of them? Uh, That same love is in you, and it's the same love that the Father looks at you with and sees you with, and uh, that's what we get to experience and encounter and enjoy. I think we're going to come back to a place of encounter towards the end uh, this evening, Uh, because that was something I just really felt on my heart um, as I was preparing um, for this evening. Um, I just wanted to want to take us to a couple of passages in the Old Testament. Um, starting with Exodus 3, which is going to appear behind us. Um, but I really felt, actually, just before I get to that, just as we were worshipping, I was reminded of um, Jacob's encounter uh, with, with God um, and really felt God just say, this is a meeting place tonight. This is a meeting place uh, between heaven and earth. And uh, it's a place for encounters, and it's a, a place to encounter him. And I was reminded where Jacob, it says he just he took a rock and he put his head down, and uh, and as he slept, uh, it was like the heavens were opened, and he saw angels ascending and descending. And he had a significant encounter with God that would change the course of his life, and change uh, who he was, and what he was called to do. And I just want to encourage you just to position yourself uh, just for an encounter. Uh, just as I'm speaking, don't just wait for the end. If you're already encountering, stay there. Um... But just position yourself. You can do that just as you're sat there. You can do that as you're listening. Um, But this is a meeting place tonight. This is a place of encounter. And it's so important that we are encountering heaven. We're encountering Jesus. We're encountering God and discovering more about who he is. And um, in Exodus 3, it describes an encounter that Moses had With God. Moses had uh, grown up, as you know the story, he'd grown up in in Egypt in Pharaoh's house, and uh, at the age of about 40, he murdered an Egyptian. Um, Obviously, by this stage, he'd discovered that he was an Israelite. He wasn't Egyptian, he was actually an Israelite, and his people were being oppressed. And uh, one day, he decided to take matters into his own hands, and uh, he saw how. Harshly, some of his fellow Israelites were being treated and he, he kills, he murders one of the Egyptians who was doing that. And then shortly afterwards, he runs for his life. Um, people, he, he discovered that people knew who he was, knew what he'd done, and so he goes on the run and 40 years passes in that time, um, 40 years passed between Moses going on the run and the experience we're just about to read about. wonder what that 40 years did for Moses. I wonder what went on in that 40 years. And uh, God prepared a man who was going to lead his people. And uh, he prepared a man who was going to lead his people into freedom. But one day when Moses was just going about his ordinary business. So we're 40 years on. 40 years kind of further into Moses' life. I wonder, to be honest, what he was expecting. I wonder what he was thinking about in terms of his life and what he was made to do and who he was made to be. Forty years is a long time to wait. I wonder what his relationship with God was like at this point. I wonder what his expectations were. And In the midst of just his normal life, when he was going about normal life, God broke in and... Uh, We'll pick it up at verse 1, chapter 3. So Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I just want to stop there for a moment because it was this phrase that's particularly just been standing out to me recently. I'm the God of... Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, God came to Moses, he encountered him, and the, the way that he identifies himself, the way that he says to Moses, the kind of revelation that he brings is by association. I'm the God of your fathers. And what God was doing there is he was pointing to the stories and The testimonies, we talk about testimonies, the stories, the testimonies of what God had done before. Moses would have been familiar with these. 400 years had actually passed since the the time of Jacob, Jacob moving uh, to Egypt with his family. But Moses, no doubt, would have been familiar with the stories of what God had done. And I love the fact that God reveals himself to people and he reveals himself in relationship. He's a relational God and he's revealing who he is to Moses by what he's done and how he's revealed himself to others. How he's revealed himself to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. What he's done for them. I love the, the way that through the Old Testament the picture of who God is unfolds. And I love in my own life discovering more about who he is. The, the kind of revelation uh, of who God is. I often think about, it, it's a little bit, it's not exactly like, but it's a little bit like how, having a baby. Uh, when you have a baby, uh, one, of the, one of the things for me that was most amazing about having a a baby was just thinking, you, you kind of get them on day one and they just kind of, they, they just are. They can't talk, they can't really do very much. At that stage, they're kind of crying and pooing and sleeping. And that's about it. Uh, they don't even smile until about six weeks uh, in. You kind of And, and I remember just thinking, uh, we've, we've got three children, and one of the thoughts in my mind was just, who are you? Who are you? And just found it amazing just thinking that, kind of that person was already in there. Uh, who, who they were going to become, where well, they were already in there. God's put it into them, their spirit, their DNA, who they are is in there. But but I don't know it yet. I don't get to see it yet. And gradually over time, as they reveal themselves to you, <laughs> you get to discover who they are. And uh, Ben, our eldest, is six now, Kezia is four, uh, Josh is one. And, uh, you know, All the time, you're discovering more about who they are, what they love, what they are good at, what they enjoy. You're discovering who they are. And it's a bit like that with God through the Old Testament. He was obviously already fully formed. (laughs) He was fully who he was. Uh, But from our perspective, he was revealing himself. And he still is revealing himself. And I love the fact that he does that in relationship. He'd revealed himself first to Abraham. And uh, he revealed himself as a God of promise. He revealed himself as a God who speaks. He revealed himself as a God who's faithful to his promises. He revealed himself as a God who can do the impossible. You know the story of Isaac being born when he shouldn't have been born. He revealed himself as a God who is faithful even when we're faithless. Abraham was the one who produced Ishmael first. So he's revealed himself to Abraham. He's revealed himself to Abraham. He revealed himself to Isaac and to Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, who was taken into captivity and then rose to become king or second in command in Egypt. Imagine the story. Imagine Joseph telling Jacob the story of what happened and how God saved him and how God prospered him even when he was in slavery and then in prison. And then he went on to go into the house of Pharaoh. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. As God's revealing himself to Moses, Moses was immediately, no doubt, thinking of these stories, thinking of these testimonies, thinking of who God is and what he'd done for his forefathers. But God doesn't stop there. God doesn't stop there because he's a God who's always revealing himself. And Moses was about to embark on one of the greatest rescue missions of all time. He was about to embark on one of the greatest heists of all time. He was about to rescue a whole people group from under the grip of a mighty dictator at this point moses didn't know all that lay ahead he didn't know that at some point he was going to have to stand before pharaoh the one who could take his life and he was going to have to say to pharaoh face to face let these people go did he know he was going to come out alive from that encounter He was the one who was going to have to lead these people while they were being chased by Pharaoh's army, approaching a sea that looked like it was going to block them. And he was the one that was going to put the staff in the water to see the sea part. He didn't know that at this point. At this point, he didn't know that he was going to be leading this people in the wilderness for 40 years. And seeing God provide for them miraculously. He didn't know that at this point. But God did. And it wasn't enough just for Moses, for God just to point to what happened before. What happened for Moses' forefathers. Actually Moses needed to encounter God for himself. Moses needed to discover for himself who God was. And who God was going to be. To Moses and who God was going to be through Moses you see who God is to you is who God will be through you how God has revealed himself to you the encounters you've had the experiences you've had with him the things he's done for you the things he's done through you they become your story they become your legacy they become your personal history with God And you get to take those things into the battles that we all face in order to defeat the giants that we face. So God had to reveal himself first by pointing to what he'd done before but then there was a face-to-face encounter. There was a personal encounter that he had with Moses. And it was similar for Joshua. If you look at Joshua chapter 1, the first chapter in this great story. Joshua was the successor to Moses, and he was the one who got to lead the people into the promised land. And there were many battles that lay ahead for Joshua. He needed some encounters of his own. But God starts like this when he's speaking to Joshua after the death of Moses. He starts by saying, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Joshua would have been around. He would have seen the sea part and he would have seen the manna from heaven. He would have seen the cloud and the fire that led the people. He would have seen the shoes that didn't wear out. He would have seen how God protected them in the wilderness. He knew what God had done for Moses he was about to discover what God was going to do for him. And the book of Joseph is a great story of inheriting promises and winning battles in order to enter into the promises that God has for us. One of the things I've discovered is I don't, God doesn't want kind of cause battles in our lives. He doesn't bring them about, but he's not afraid of them. He's not afraid of them. And he... he will bring us to places where actually there are battles that we need to face and battles that we need to fight. Joshua, shortly after this encounter with God, was going to fight his first battle in Jericho. He was going to fight the battle that we all know about. And just before he did, he actually has another encounter, this time with the commander of the armies of the Lord. He has another encounter. May have been an angel, may have been Jesus himself, but preparing him for the battle, preparing him for what lay ahead. And one of the things that I find really interesting as you read through the accounts and the stories of the different battles that Joshua had to fight is no two battles was the same. And the way of winning was not the same on any occasion. On some occasions... They walked around the walls seven times. On other occasions, they had to set an ambush. And it was the men that would go in and fight in order to secure the victory. But it all came out of these places of encounter. It all came out of these experiences with God. And although Joshua knew what God had done for Moses, he he had to discover what God was going to do for him. See, the God of Moses became the God of Joshua. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob became the God of Moses. And we now tell the stories that Moses did. We tell the exploits that Joshua did. And what I really felt just laid on my heart for this evening was whatever battles we're facing, whatever battles lie ahead, I I really feel like God just wants to Release just fresh encounters for us this evening. Actually, what is the encounter that you need in order to fight and win the battle that you're facing? What's the encounter that you need? Because I I believe that God wants to reveal himself to us. I believe he wants to reveal himself to you, uniquely to you. Who is he to you? What battles is he going to win for you, what battles is he going to win with you? See, he reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh, our Provider. Do you need the Provider right now? Is that who you need to encounter? Is that who you need to experience? Not, not just relying on somebody else's experience, but actually experiencing that for yourself. Is he? The healer. Do you need to encounter the healer? King Jesus, the healer. Do you need to experience the God who is love? Do you need to experience the God of power? Do you need to experience the God of comfort? Do you need to experience the God who restores and he binds up broken hearted. Who is it that you need to experience? Because I believe that God is, is calling us into unique encounters that would enable us to overcome the battles that lay in front of us and the things that lay ahead of us. I just want to lead us back into a place of encounter. I'm going to ask Leo and uh, Michael if they would just come back and... Um, just play for us because i do believe as i said that th- this is a meeting place that this evening is a meeting place and it's it's a time for you to get one to one with god himself and it's a time of fresh encounters he is the god of abraham isaac and jacob but he's also the god of sasha and he's the god of john and he's the god of leo who is God to you? Who is he going to reveal himself to you? If you think in of your kind of forbears, if they were to say, if God was to come and reveal himself, I'm the God of Sasha. I'm the God of Omar. I'm the God of Sally. Who is, who is he to you? And what exploits, what stories are you going to have to tell? of who he's been to you and who he's been through you. So would you guys mind just setting kind of just some music just for us to encounter to? And you guys might want to just find a comfy spot like Isaac did, or you might just want to stay where you are. I just want to create room now just for us to encounter God. You know, Jesus, we invite you into this place. We, we thank you that you're here. And Jesus, I thank you, you are the God of victory. I thank you, you are the God of victory, the one who overcomes. I just really believe that there's an encounter for everyone in this place. That's going to enable you to overcome. There's encounters that God's just releasing to enable you to overcome. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us? you'd meet us in that place of those places of disappointment. Jesus, would you turn them into divine appointments? Jesus, would you meet us in those places of struggle? Would you meet us in those places where we need to know who you are? for ourselves, where we need to discover you in new ways.